If you have primary school-aged kids or grandkids, make sure Vision Kids is part of their daily routine. Vision Kids! Vision Kids is a 24-7 online radio stream featuring the ever-popular Adventures in Odyssey. Hi, this is Chris. Welcome to Adventures in Odyssey. Plus other world-class radio dramas, kids' music and friendly voices. G'day, Vision Kids. Vision Kids is streaming now in the Vision app and online at visionkids.org.au. You can also tell your smart speakers to play Vision Kids Radio. If you don't already have the Vision app on your phone or tablet, you can download it for free when you search Vision Christian Media in your app store. Vision Kids. Another way we're helping the whole family look to God daily. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Jeffrey Bullock from Family Voice Australia joining us. Hello, Jeffrey. Welcome back to 2020. Great to be here. Thanks, Neil. Jeffrey, a significant day. And when we set up this opportunity to have you on 2020 to talk through a bunch of issues, uh, I wasn't uh, I wasn't aware at that point uh, that we'd be having the funeral there for Andrew Chan in Sydney. Uh, it's a significant day in some sense. Uh, uh, Andrew Chan's farewell, and of course the funeral for Myron Sukumaran is going to be held tomorrow, uh, also in Sydney. Uh, your thoughts on uh, on the funeral today? Well, sadness and joy are the two things that happened. I used to be a funeral director, so I used to see this regularly and uh, where a Christian died um, and there was joy and knowing where they'd be going to. But there's also the grief, and sometimes we set aside the grief, but we need to grieve, we need to experience the loss and be able to express it uh, with others with ourselves and particularly with God. There's been a bit of division in the Christian community, Jeffrey, with regards to the death penalty, the execution of these two. When it comes to the funeral day, I guess there is a sense, isn't there, in which we focus on some very important issues that are beyond uh, the righteousness or the wrongness of what sort of uh, actions might well have gone before because on a funeral day, particularly when we know that these two young men uh, had made decisions to follow Christ, had uh, received Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour, uh, that there is something on a funeral day that we actually do celebrate. We do. Uh, the The thing is that these men came through, recognised their sin, their wrong, it repented of it, and not only that, but they believed that Christ had paid for their penalty, which is just remarkable, really. And Neil, I, I think we need to give thanks to God, and I think the funeral should emphasise you know, that aspect, because it's a Christian funeral. And, of course, uh, as I reflect on one of my favourite scriptures, in fact, it's become a favourite because of the reality and the truth of it. Uh, it comes out of Ecclesiastes chapter 7, uh, where the writer uh, says, it's better to go to a house of mourning than to go to a house of feasting, for death is the destiny of everyone. The living should take this to heart. Are you familiar with that one, Jeffrey? It's a, there's a sense, isn't there, this goes completely counterculturally to what we often think about death, about funerals. Uh, better to go to the house of mourning because, really, if we're in the house of mourning, our feet are on the ground, we're aware of eternal issues. 
certainly true. Um, one thing that I learned from seeing the difference between a Christian funeral and a non-Christian funeral was the essence of hope. There was very little hope in the lives of some people, unfortunately, in the funeral. The funeral reflected that. It often reflected a, a lack of relationship or broken relationships uh, of people. But there was also joy in those funerals where people had given of themselves to others and rejoiced in that kind of a lifestyle. And, and it's noticeable that when Christians are celebrated, uh, it's because there is a hope beyond grave. Uh, righteousness alone or doing good won't get you there because we all fall short and we all need to have a saviour there uh, to, to take the penalty for our sins. But we can express you know, wonderful hope, wonderful joy that they've gone to be a better place with the Christ that they loved. Okay, there's another uh, scripture that I'm aware of. Uh, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. And other uh, versions go uh, the death of his faithful servants. Uh, there is a sense, isn't there, that on a day of a funeral, uh, this hope that we have is that one day we'll stand before Christ. And uh, in fact, uh, as Paul reflected, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, which might indicate that on the death of a Christian believer, their spirit goes straight to be with Jesus. Of course, it's hard to comment on that one. <laughs> no one's come back to tell us. Except uh, Jesus. At the same time, <laughs> the scripture indicates that uh, time doesn't play a part in the beyond life uh, experience that we might have. So, you know, I'm, I'm happy with that and uh, we'll press on with that hope because that, it, it really does. I, I look forward not to the way I die, but I look forward to being with Christ. And every day I think about that and it actually helps you live right now in accord with his will because you, you don't want to front up to him and, you know, with the knowledge that you, you, you pursued some goals in your life that were not not quite right and you know we need to understand that Christ wants us perfect pure holy and the more we know him the more we understand him and the more we practice what he wants us to do that assurance and that joy and that hope become more real uh, Jeffrey, I want to tackle a bunch of different topics today and invite listeners to call in, be part of our conversation, maybe some comment on a bunch of other issues. Let's talk about another one that was a story breaking really overnight, the banning of some Christian books from the New South Wales Special Religious Education Curriculum. Uh, you're across the details on this. Uh, what's actually happened overnight? The Department of, New, of Education in New South Wales has sent a directive to the schools that these three books are not to be used in special religious education uh, that is conducted by the um, uh, Christian people in the public schools. Now, there's a problem there because two of the three books, and the third one was not written by uh, for the purpose of going into the schools. It was written for a Christian audience outside of the schools. But the two others that were, were actually given approval by the department to be used. And now we've got this directive that says, no, they cannot use it. Now, 
the very fact that they've done this indicates that there are some people in the department who basically do not want the Christian viewpoint to be expressed on issues where they already have a stand and which they are propagating in the schools. And that is not good. Uh, that speaks volumes for problems in the future. However, uh, one of the good things is that they've been able to do something about this and already many people are now writing to both the Premier and also the Department of Education indicating that they, they don't really have a right to do this, at least for the two books. For the third one, that's fine. Uh, but, uh, you know, we, we wait to see what transpires on this one. Well, the three books in question, one is You, An Introduction by Michael Jensen, another yep. one, A Sneaking Suspicion by John Dixon. Yeah. And Teen Sex by the Book by Patricia Wirakun. Mm-hmm. And uh, interestingly, that uh, with some people's uh, perceptions of the sorts of materials being used uh, to uh, teach about some of those subjects, <laughs> to have a ban on the Christian-based uh, books uh, might actually cause a little bit of outrage. How do you think Christians ought to be uh, responding? I mean, is this something to be angry about, uh, to be... Uh, you know, certainly not to be uh, apathetic and complacent. W- what are your thoughts on what Christians should be uh, with their response to this idea? Well, we should be angry um, because an injustice has been done. Uh, those two of those books, as I said, have the right to be used. So on that basis alone, we should have some righteous anger that should prompt us to do something about it. The The wider aspect, though, is important. This is a move to get rid of Christian influence in the secular sphere in the state in the state schools and we have every right to present a Christian point of view about secular subjects because the public square should be open to everyone with their ideas and because it's a Christian perspective being done in a Christian classroom in the sense that the people there are Christians, no one else comes to those classrooms unless they choose so to do uh, outside of their um, particular tradition, uh, then they have every right to do exactly that, to present a Christian view on many of the issues that are so important today. Well, inviting listeners to be part of this conversation today, your own thoughts on the banning of Christian books in special religious education. Uh, there's other topics too, and we'll we'll just mention these as, as we get underway, and there might be some response from listeners. Uh, the Safe Schools Coalition, it just keeps uh, raising its head continually. Uh, your thoughts on what's happening with that particular coalition? I, I think uh, the New South Wales and in Victoria, is that the case, uh, Jeffrey? They've they've got this Safe Schools Coalition anti-bullying, pro-homosexual campaign going. Yes, um, as at the 20th of April, there were 44 in New South Wales schools, public schools, that had a uh, the program. The ACT had nine. There were 41 in South Australia, and Tasmania had three schools. No schools at this stage in Western Australia and and Queensland. But in Victoria, where it first started, there's uh, over 185 uh, schools that use this. Now, we should at this point say, uh, Neil, that the program itself is ostensibly or trying to portray the idea that they are an anti-bullying program. But it's the 
other associated documents that go with the program that are the real problems because they clearly uh, just are there to promote uh, homosexual identity and also homosexual practice to help kids who, who feel different sexually in one way or another, uh, they're there to tell them that that's all right, you are that way, and that's not true. Sexuality the often changes, and the feelings you have often change, and we should not be chaining you know, kids who feel as if they're different sex or uh, you know, are attracted to the same sex, or uh, that they have to stay that way, and the program should be outed on that basis. Jeffrey, are you familiar with any Christian-based anti-bullying campaigns that are uh, being used in schools? Uh, uh, just put you on the spot there. There, there are. There's one that has been issued by the uh, the Catholic Education down in Victoria. I forget the name of it, but it uh, it's it's quite it's very good. Uh, there's not not particularly Catholic. It's just looking at bullying on a wider scale and the causes of it and, and addressing the causes, which, which the program should do. It shouldn't be at all trying to make children different, but they should all uh, adhere to a standard of behaviour that uh, treats human dignity equally to everybody. Uh, and that, that, that's what we want to see. There are also other programs that fall in line with a Christian view on the bullying and the way we treat people. So, you know, it's not as if this one program, the SSCA program, is, is the best one at, at all. It's very limited and the other ones are much wider. I did hear just the other day, and I'll have to follow it through because uh, I haven't got all the full details on it, one uh, Christian organisation uh, running what's called the Hope Tour in, uh, in Melbourne, and I think it actually emanates from New Zealand. Uh, but as a Christian-founded uh, uh, program, anti-bullying campaign that's going into schools, uh, uh, listeners might know more about that. If you know some more about that, uh, give us a call on 1-800-316-316. Uh, might be able to talk some more about that, and I'm going to follow that through on a later date and talk about that in particular. But, uh, but Jeffrey, just let's talk about the other thing we wanted to also mention, and... Uh, this is the idea of in Queensland. Now, you're based in Queensland, and uh, Queensland had something unique going with the last state election that they had uh, where people would present their ID before being able to vote. Uh, you're saying that's, it's a bad thing if you withdraw that, and that's what the current Labor government's planning. Yes, there were three things we opposed in this uh, electoral amendment bill. Um, the, the situation around Australia is that all of the states are looking at the result of this to see whether it's worthwhile. We do know that the federal government has been looking at it themselves and uh, recently there was a report by a committee uh, that uh, had looked into this and the recommendations were that it be applied. And it's very interesting to see the result of this particular election that they had in, on January the 30th. I was reading the report of the committee that looked into the submissions uh, to the changes and the acting electoral commissioner actually said that uh, it looks pretty good. People responded very well to the idea of ID 
and that, in fact, uh, there's more people in voting than there were in 2009. And basically, people came with either their identification happily and as well as that. They, those who didn't have it uh, signed a declaration and were able to vote. So it wasn't a big deal uh, for many people. In fact, when you have so many places now wanting identification, banks, you know, for your licences, for a whole range of things, and actually... <laughs> Uh, when you go to Parliament House, you've got to have some identification of who you are. Uh, you know, the, that is nearly standard, and yet we don't apply it to the electoral rolls, and it's something that uh, has resulted in, uh, because of that, uh, it's resulted in multiple voting and other kinds of trying to get power through the electoral system. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Australia's Vision Radio Network. Well, talking through a range of topics today, our special guest this hour, Geoffrey Bullock from Family Voice Australia. Geoffrey, uh, let's have a little listen in uh, to something of the introduction from the funeral service that's underway right now for Andrew Chan. Uh, now, this uh, particular uh, leader of the funeral is, uh, is Major David Sopper from the Salvation Army. Let's have a listen in. Right now, I'd really like to uh, invite uh, Major David Soper to come and now commence this service. Thank you. His life was taken on Wednesday, the 29th of April, 2015, aged 31 years. He is with his maker. As you know, we have celebrated the marriage of Phoebe and Andrew, a gift to the Chans and their extended family. Phoebe, together with Andrew, prepared most of this service and the people who would take part. The desire was to celebrate and honour Jesus Christ, the Lord of their life. You see, Andrew believed in Jesus. He believed in eternal life, life eternal. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And I, for one, gathered with hundreds and hundreds of people within this church, believe this. We have experienced and known the truth that God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believes in him, this is it, will not perish, will not perish, but will have eternal life. In those last precious few minutes of Andrew's life, I stood before him. I was overwhelmed with my love for him and devastated by the tragic waste. I prayed like I've never prayed before. I placed my hand upon his heart and I thanked God I thanked him because Andrew knew the truth. He was prepared to meet 
his maker. I saw great courage and strength. I saw peace and assurance. I saw radiant beauty and joy. I will never, never forget. Well, those are introductory words from the funeral that's underway at present uh, for Andrew Chan, one of the Bali Nine who was executed last week. Geoffrey uh, Bullock, as you're listening to some of those words, and as you say, as a former funeral director, uh, they're powerful words. This is from the man who was there at the executions. Yeah, tremendous assurance, isn't it, that uh, through Christ we can know a life beyond uh, a life where there is pure joy. You know, uh, as we reflect on these things, and I'm going to invite uh, listeners to have their say too. In fact, we'll take a call in just a moment before we get uh, carried away because it's easy to get carried away in talking about the importance of the value of faith in Christ and Mm. particularly focused around this time when there has been an execution. Uh, Let's hear from a listener or two. Erica is in Queensland. Hello, Erica. Welcome along to 2020. Thank you, yes. Erica, what are your thoughts as uh, we reflect on the funeral today? I sense that it's very easy for us from our civilization and our background as a nation which is rooted in the Westminster system of government which is then rooted in Judeo-Christian values to look upon this as a tragedy and I understand that. We need to remember that this happened in another country which has a different culture, different religious beliefs. And we cannot expect to put our um, demands for grace onto that country. And had it happened in Australia, it would have been different. And we as Christians need to stay awake and pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ in the world who are persecuted, terrible things happening Um, I don't want to say those things in case we have children listening in. And we need to wake up because that about the New South Wales schools with the Christian books being um, refused to come in, we as Christians need to wake up and pray and fast and stand in unity together and seek the Lord before it gets worse. Erica, let's hear some thoughts. Uh, Jeffrey Bullock, your thoughts on what Erica is sharing. Mm, thanks, Erica. On the, the funeral, of course, you know, it, uh, Erica's quite right. You know, we, we rejoice in the grace of Christ that we can know for sure that there is a, a life beyond. The um, the school books, of course, is a, a very interesting issue. Um, I've said before that you know, there is a strong push to remove Christianity from the public square, from the schools, and all religion, generally speaking, but particularly Christianity. And, and that's what we're experiencing. And, and Eric is quite right to say we must join together in fighting this. I was just reading, uh, reading, I'm reading a book at the moment called Christ and Culture Revisited by Reverend Don Carson. And uh, he points out that, yes, we do need to do this to get involved in the nation. We need to be salt and light uh, wherever we can uh, and present Christ in every avenue, every, every area, every arena where uh, we've got access. And if we can't get access to the public square in some ways, if they knock that off, then uh, we have to find other ways of doing it. But we must let them know the message, the good news of the, of the gospel.
Erica from Queensland, thank you so much for your input today here on 2020. Our talkback line is open, 1-800-316-316. If you'd like to have your say, uh, we are talking through a bunch of issues today. Uh, We intended uh, to talk through a whole bunch of uh, political and ethical issues. And, of course, we are aware that the funeral for Andrew Chan is on at this present time. Uh, Let's hear from Bonnie in Portland in Victoria. Hello, Bonnie. Welcome along. I I don't want to speak on here. <laughs> oh, Bonnie, I've, I've got you on the air. Did you oh, want to make you, a... You've got me on the air. <laughs> <laughs> Something got oh, through uh, well, with our... I know. Uh, there's, there's, we just need a lot of lot more love in the world and less uh, 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 wars and, and disputes and, and, and we're all brought up in to, to, to our religion that we believe in and we have the right to... Uh, follow that because there's only one God and uh, it all leads to the same person. He gave his only son uh, for us and uh, the blood of Christ is our healing. Well, Bonnie, thank you so much for uh, for being brave enough to talk live on air and uh, appreciate your input today here on 2020. Uh, your thoughts, Geoffrey, on uh, things that Bonnie was sharing? Oh, I had a question for Bonnie, really. Uh, what what particular religion was she? Uh, um, is she not on air now? Uh, no, I've lost Bonnie now. No, that's okay. Um, yeah, uh, well, a lot more love in the in the world is important. Uh, but uh, if we look to love, we need to be able to define that a little bit better. Uh, is love a gooey feeling, or is you know what what is it? And if we look at the love of God we find that it includes obedience. If we're going to demonstrate the love of God, it means we must be obedient to how he wants us to live. Um, And we can't just think of it as just a a gooey feeling that he makes us feel nice and then we want everybody to be nice. We need need a little bit more substance to the word love. You might like to have your say today. 1-800-316-316, our number, our talkback line open. Uh, We are talking through issues. Uh, It is the funeral of Andrew Chan that's underway right now. 1-800-316-316. You know, Geoffrey, what we're seeing with Andrew Chan's funeral today, and perhaps, you know, worthy of reflection, is that we're seeing an example of a, a sinner who has been saved by grace. And uh, not discounting either that Jesus himself uh, was executed on the cross. And uh, when we see Jesus, the sinless Savior, uh, executed for us, I guess we recognize the substitutionary death on the cross of Jesus. Uh, Andrew Chan, a sinner uh, on that death row experience, being executed, uh, one who is the recipient of that grace of God because of the substitutionary death of the sinless Saviour. This is an important uh, thing to reflect on, I think, uh, on a day like this. can only agree. Um, You just wonder, I think, Neil, what will be the result of this? Will will there be a lot more people saying, I need to stop sinning and get right with God? If, if, If so then you know andrew's death is not in vain you you with me on that one yeah Yeah, it's so important to realize and and i was really impressed by the fact that or at least the report uh, on of his death on that day when they were executed that all eight of them were singing the hymn uh, amazing grace now 
what effect did he have on those people, those other people? Uh, what effect did uh, his ministry in that jail have? And if his death meant that uh, more people came to know Christ, then it certainly wasn't in vain. And what we're seeing today with the funeral, which is a celebration of uh, the life of a sinner who has been saved by grace. He knew Jesus Christ. And as you say, uh, uh, that singing of amazing grace uh, at the time of the execution, uh, what, uh, what effect it had on those who were present. But the effect on on those who were present is only a small effect to the effect that this funeral service can have on the whole nation of Australia today because the whole nation will be looking at this in reflection on the 6 o'clock news this evening and uh, and hopefully the 6 o'clock news will reflect uh, the significance of a repentant sinner who's mm. now in the presence of Almighty God because of this wonderful uh, grace which has been thrown, shown through the, the death of Jesus. Ah, makes you, makes, certainly makes you happy. <laughs> <laughs> it is Neil with you on 2020, the Friday edition. Our guest this hour is Geoffrey Bullock from Family Voice Australia, talking through a range of issues and also reflecting on what is unfolding at this present time as the funeral for Andrew Chan is underway. Uh, we're also talking about some other topics this hour. You might like to comment. Our talkback line is open on one 800 316 uh, not only the funeral but also uh, the banning of those Christian books we've been talking about from the New South Wales Special Religious Education Curriculum, also the Safe Schools Coalition and the idea of presenting your ID before you vote. Uh, let's come back to the Safe Schools Coalition for a moment here, Geoffrey, because the, the funding for this particular program, which uh, promotes uh, homosexuality under the guise of an anti-bullying program, actually is a federal government funding. Uh, mm. What are your thoughts and what are you calling for? Well, what we've already asked them is to cease the funding. Um, it was the previous Labor government that brought it in, uh, and then it was uh, $3 million over three years. So that funding is still going on until it exhausts after the three years, which will be next year. Um, we're asking them to cut it, um, but the, the thing is, if there was enough people saying, please, we don't want this, uh, please don't allow it. We're very encouraged in South Australia where we made this public uh, that, and we received a lot of letters to the editor uh, of the Adelaide Advertiser saying that we don't want this. And people gave very good answers as to why uh, the Safe Schools Coalition Australia program should not be in the schools. So what we're saying, I guess, is if the Christians were able to make a noise, air their voices uh, to the government and to their representatives, then we might get redress in before the funding goes out. The problem is that the funding might go further than we want them to. I guess you're talking about that email or that telephone call to your local member, and uh, those get registered, don't they? And uh, they, they do, do take notice of people and who are calling. If enough people indicate that they're concerned about it, they will do something. Um, we've had you know, wins, if I could put it that way, uh, in regards to the same-sex marriage thing. People, when, when people don't have 
a, a, a morality that reflects you know, God's goodness, they will respond to the number of people uh, that are saying, hey, we don't really want this, because that indicates to them that there's community unrest and that they ought to do something. But it's no good if just half a dozen people you know, put their hand up. We've, we've got, must make it. There are better programs and we need to approach our leaders with that and tell them that these are the better programs. Okay, 1-800-316-316. If you have a comment, you might be in New South Wales or Victoria or Tasmania where the Safe Schools Coalition program is being implemented. You might have your own thoughts or your own concerns about what's happening in those schools. 1-800-316-316, our talkback line open. The other thing we've been talking about, Geoffrey, is this idea of presenting your uh, identification before you vote, the Electoral Act Amendment Bill. Uh, there was a pretty good response when you called people to actually put submissions to that. They got 530 submissions to this inquiry, which is just incredible, and I counted up. There were 227 of them that were uh, the names of our supporters, and I imagine that even some of the others were people that our supporters asked to also send a submission. So uh, basically most of the submissions were people who responded, which is very exciting for me. It means that there's more and more people who are actively involved. And, and so, you know, I'm just so thankful for the, the many that did put in. And some of, the, some of the, what they said was very, very, very good. It went beyond what we suggested they need to do. Neil, there, there are a couple of other aspects to that bill that are important too. One was that they, they wanted retrospective laws that made the people who donated under $12,000 or $12,800 uh, to a candidate or a party during that election uh, that they wanted them to be able to be seen by the public. Now, that is, that, that's breaching trust. The laws of the land say that, you know, this is the law and people in good faith go to give a donation and many of them would be saying, well, I don't really want people to know uh, what I'm doing uh, and, and they give the donation uh, believing that that's the case. And now this retrospective law says that if you put in $2,000 uh, to a, a candidate, you're going to, your cover is blown. One of the things that we worry about is that in in the USA, where um, during a debate upon a bill for same-sex marriage, um, Brendan Ike, the CEO of Mozilla, the internet uh, uh, big business, um, gave a thousand dollars to say to the uh, pro, the campaign, saying that marriage was between a man and a woman. Well, he was outed by the people on the other side, just $1,000. And as a result of that, he lost his job. Now, we don't want that kind of culture in Australia. I had a note from Matt in the Vision newsroom who tells me the Electoral Commission in Queensland is currently conducting post-election surveys across the state to find out what did and what did not work well during this year's state general election. And you can find uh, that on Facebook if you want to have your say on the election. So I guess there's probably a number of ways people can respond, Jeffrey. And uh, uh, one of those, obviously, the Facebook page. 
uh, but uh, again, I guess contacting uh, people who are in prominent uh, authority positions to be able to put your, your views. Exactly. And the more we do that uh, as Christians, but not not only us, uh, other people as well, you know, that's, that, that's a healthy democracy. And that's the kind of thing we need so that people are accountable and our and the views of the public are known. We're trying to, you know, sponsor that kind of thing with what we do in Family Voice. We want the democracy to work. We also want God's goodness to be spread. Visions 2020 with Neil Johnson. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. And our talkback line open one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. I guess this hour, Jeffrey Bullock from Family Voice Australia. Let's hear from Luke in Green Bank in Queensland. Hello, Luke. Welcome along to twenty twenty. Hello, hello, Luke. What are your thoughts? Yeah, g'day. I just wanted to ask about the um, the ID for the elections. Um, why is the the current Queensland government wanting to remove that? Do you know, Jeffrey? Uh, Yes, uh, they don't believe it's necessary, and the problem that ra- we, you know, the the eyebrows raise, because in times past, unfortunately, it's, it seems as if it's been been the, the Labor Party that has you know, tried to seek um, extra benefits from from that, but they have, you know, they're basically saying that we 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 haven't used it before. Um, we can't see a reason for you know, using it now. Uh, unfortunately, um, their society generally is also uh, uh, being the, the lack of trust in society is is really moving us at the moment towards this kind of thing to have ID for things that are important. Uh, so it's going to be hard to knock back. I, I think they're barking up the wrong tree. I think we really do need it, especially to keep the electoral role in place. Luke, what were your thoughts? Uh, do you think it was a good idea or not? Yeah, I thought it was a great idea. I didn't have any problem with it. And um, I stood in line. I did a pre-poll and I stood in line for quite some time. <clears throat> there were some issues going on. And um, yeah, people weren't concerned with having to pr- produce their ID. And yeah, I think it's a good idea to stop or cheating, basically, mm. if you wanted to put it that way, yeah. That's right. In in times past, I think we might have relied on everyone's integrity uh, to actually do the right thing and only vote once. But uh, but that's somehow other that integrity. Uh, some of us are getting a little bit cynical about that. Is that your thoughts too, Luke? Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah. Good. All right, Luke from Green Bank in Queensland. Thank you so much for being part of 2020 today. Let's hear from Val in Mackay. Hello, Val. Welcome along to 2020. Hi there. Hi, Val. Um, I just wanted to express my uh, uh, concern or anger about those books being banned. And I really think it is a sign of the times we are in that those books are banned and yet this program, uh, Safe Schools Program, which is a, a cover for promotion of homosexuality, is funded by the government. And... Um, like one lady said before, we really need to wake up. The Bible tells us we are wrestling against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness uh, over this nation that are dedicated to um, maintaining Satan's grip on the earth. And it's, it really is a spiritual battle that we need to be involved in. 
And like Jesus has won the victory for us, but it's a victory that has to be enforced. We do have to stand up and speak up and fight this battle. Okay, Val, let's hear thoughts from Geoffrey. Yeah, I can only agree with Val. Val, uh, we, you know, if, if, if the Christian church, I think, and I'm sure you agree, if everybody in all the churches stood up for Christ and the values that God has uh, asked us to pursue, we, we'd turn this nation around. I often say it when I'm speaking to groups, if 30, 30 people in this congregation wrote to their MP, made their, their local representatives accountable, said that they were going to pray for them, said that they were going to see them often, have a cup of tea with them and pray for their family, etc., etc., yeah, we, we'd make a difference. Good on you. Good on you, Val, and thank you so much for being part of 2020. And, you know, when it comes to those books, Geoffrey, uh, look, I'd have to verify this, but uh, a little earlier on uh, before uh, this segment on 2020, somebody mentioned to me that uh, that one of the uh, groups that was publishing some of those books actually had a whole lot of free downloads. Uh, so uh, if I if I give uh, the names of those authors uh, one more time, and we're talking about Michael Jensen, uh, the book called You, An Introduction, another one by John Dixon, A Sneaking Suspicion, or... Uh, Teen Sex by the Book by Patricia Wirakun. I'm not sure which one it was. I think it might have been the John Dixon book uh, that uh, there's going to be some free downloads. So uh, you might like to Google that and find out what's going on because uh, those books, you might like to check them out yourself, make your own assessment uh, about whether they are valuable, whether they ought to be banned. Uh, Let's hear from Wendy in Lithgow in New South Wales. Hello, Wendy. Hi, how are you? Very well. Wendy, what are your thoughts on what we're talking about today? Well, um, I heard you at the beginning talking about these uh, books that are banned, and I have a uh, bookstore at the Portland Easter Festival that's just been finished, and my dear friend, dear old lady, she has the prayer tent next to me, and she told me just recently that um, the children at Portland uh, Central, which is where sort of where I live, um, aren't allowed to have Bibles in the classroom. And so they were trying to provide all the children with these Gospels of John, the tiny little ones that we had on the stall. And, you know, I was very concerned, of course, because I know the Scripture teachers and I also used to teach there and um, they didn't know anything about it. So I'm not 100% sure, but um, I'd like to know if Jeff knows anything about this and if it's possible and if it's to do with this particular schools or what? Jeffrey, uh, do you know any more insight into that idea of banning the Bible in schools? Certainly there was a call for uh, that kind of thing happening a, a year or so ago, but it was uh, not true. Bibles aren't banned, as far as I know, but in a classroom situation, that, say you're doing maths, you don't really need a Bible in the room unless you've got your bag. It's in the bag. You shouldn't be reading the Bible during the maths. So, you know, it, it's the case of if you've got your bag in there, you have every right to have your Bible in it. But if the if the bags are supposed to be outside and you're only supposed to have maths books in there or whatever, then I don't see a problem. Leave it in the bag outside. Um, it's not as if it's going to be a, um, a lesson, you know, maths and the Bible. Your thoughts on that one? Uh, what did you think, Wendy? 
Um, well, I was under the impression that she said in SRE, and that was the concern. I'm trying to follow it up um, because I don't know. Right. You know. Well, okay. uh, there might I mean, be something I to follow with through. You, of course, you know that's okay as far as we can get. Okay. Okay. Well, Wendy, thank you so much for your input today, Wendy. Uh, wonderful to hear from you, Wendy from Lithgow in New South Wales. Uh, time running a little short here, Jeffrey, and right. uh, uh, been good reflecting on some of these issues this hour. And just to bring us back to the funeral of Andrew Chan. Uh, of course, uh, recognising uh, a sinner saved by grace. Uh, some of our sins are much more prominent uh, than others. And uh, when you've been convicted of drug smuggling, your sin is right out there on display. And uh, he has borne the consequences of that by the law in Indonesia. Uh, there is a sense, though, too, we also recognise that because he is a sinner saved by grace, uh, that we also Uh, While our sins might not be so well known as his, we are also sinners saved by grace and we can expect good things uh, when we come before uh, Jesus Christ on the day that we ourselves die. Uh, Geoffrey, just quickly, if I give the website for Family Voice Australia, www.fava.org.au, you guys have always got a flow of information up there, Geoffrey. We're on Facebook as well as Twitter, and uh, the, there's a lot of people who look at us at, on Facebook. Over, I think uh, it must be uh, 3,000 people nearly. So um, please join in. We have a lot to say that's good. Well, Geoffrey Bullock from Family Voice Australia, always good getting your insights into some of these challenging issues that our nation faces. Uh, Geoffrey, uh, all the best. We'll catch up sometime very soon, but thank you so much for being part of 2020 today. Pleasure, Neil. Thanks. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts. Or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.